Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. Today, I have acclaimed spiritual medium and author Carol Obley on the show. Carol has been the bridge between heaven and earth in over 40,000 readings and 14,000 group readings, bringing forth names, descriptions of loved ones' personalities, validating details, as well as grief support and teaching about the afterlife, which are typically delivered in her readings. As an advanced intuitive, she also regularly delivers specific practical guidance in readings about many life issues, including relationships, business, and spirituality. She is recognized by readers and clients alike for bringing compassion and integrity to mediumship by her sincere intent to be of service to others through her talents and experience. Welcome to the program, Carol. Thank you, Marla. It's great to be here. Yes, it's it's nice to it's nice to have you. And let's just let's just jump right in. Um, so you've been a medium for 25 years. You've done over 40,000 readings. Um, it's for, it's um, it's 14,000 total. Oh, 14. Okay, because I had 12. And then I thought you you wrote me and said 40. That's, I don't know how anybody could do that many in a lifetime. So 14,000. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. So what are a few of the insights you've learned about the spirit world, its nature, you know, what it's like, and, and our ability to connect with it? Well, there's so much that I've learned and yes. the world changed me to the point where, you know, I will never be the same person mm-hmm. again as before I started this work. And um, I, I've, I know that I've done it previous to this lifetime. Um, you know, like most of us that have skills. Uh, and by the way, I never claim the word gifted. Uh, the reason for that is because of humility. Uh, which is very, very important when you're doing spiritually centered work. Um, I never want to be put on a pedestal. That um, really can't be a difficult place to fall from. Um, there are a number of things I've learned. Uh, just a few of those would be that, you know, something very simple, which is we are eternal beings. There, there really, there is only the shedding of the physical and I know that you've had other uh, medium guests on. And um, so they've probably mentioned that. Um, knowing that, though, is what's really important for people to eliminate fear and to really know in their hearts, not in their heads, but in their hearts, the, um, 
freedom of being that we have is a limitless, eternal um, face of God that is within all of us. And um, knowing that can also help to alleviate grief for people. Um, my intent always in every single session that I do for people, I set my intent with a prayer to deliver the very highest and best communication uh, to that individual. And um, so I've learned so many things. My latest book, uh, Wisdom from the Spirit World, um, contains about eight, around eight or 10 lessons. Um, some of them are sort of sub lessons that have been themes, Marla, throughout uh, numerous readings. And so um, I wanted to show people uh, what I've learned as a conduit for those in spirit, what they want to say to us. Um, and these are primarily spiritual lessons. Um, for example, our wounds do not diminish the light within. Um, you know, all of us have had painful experiences in life. That's part of being human. If we identify with those things, then we really internalize them. Spirit, it talks about using painful things, wounds, as um, jumping off points for growth and spiritual evolution. That is a major lesson. Another thing that I've really emphasized in all of my books is the power and the importance of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness as a cornerstone of healing. And forgiveness in a spiritual sense, really indicating a release of the past. Um, a, a conscious decision to not carry the past not carry that baggage. Um, I can't tell you how many sessions uh, spirit beings have come through and communicated uh, forgiveness on their behalf or that they are knowledgeable or know about the sitter or the receiver of that reading uh, asking for forgiveness from them. So it's sort of a two-way street. Um, and sort of a, a, an acknowledgement or a validation of wiping the slate clean yes. so that we really don't have to carry that baggage uh, with us. I've also learned about um, the importance of service through our lives, whatever our lives are about, it doesn't matter. Each one of us is equal in the eyes and the mind of spirit. Um, each of us is serving in our own way, hopefully leaving the earth a better place than when we came in. So uh, spirit will often emphasize what they took with them. And by that, I mean, not material goods, because we know mm -hmm. we're not going to take money and property and belongings. Um, and it, it's kind of funny, too, on that note, because I've had multiple readings in which the sitter will say, is my mom upset about, you know, what we're doing with her estate or what we're doing with her house? Or, and in the meantime, mom is coming through and saying, uh, you know, talk to your sister and brother that you've been, you know, at odds with. Uh, that's what's really important here. Right. Uh, so spirit will emphasize the true 
values, which go with us when we go back to our home, which is in the spirit world. And that's just a few of the of the lessons that I really write about um, in wisdom from the spirit world. How do you feel we could help? I'm jumping ahead here, but with everything you just said in terms of when you know in your heart and you get that validation that, you know, life is eternal, that we could help children when they, when a, a loved one or a pet passes. Yeah, I, I'm so glad. And I know that your show centers on, um, on children. Um, children are actually extremely open. I'm sure um, you probably know this, but mm -hmm. both children and pets are exceedingly open to the spirit world, which is really right here. It's all around us. It's a, simply a matter of tuning into it. Because children up until about the age of seven, pets or animals always, because they are in pure form uh, without an ego, uh, they're very pure. <laughs> so are children. And so they don't really don't shut that down until, you know, they go into school or, um, you know, they, they kind of develop more of the rational brain. Um, but I've done many readings for uh, parents and grandparents of children who um, have either suffered, you know, the passing of, of somebody or the children themselves are uh, psychic or mediumistic. And uh, the parents or grandparents are asking, um, you know, how do I talk to them? How do I validate that for them? And it is really important uh, to do that so that they don't feel that they're on the outside. They don't feel that it's something odd or unusual or strange. Um, children just by nature are exceedingly pure. And um, it's interesting too, because I have seen many photos that clients have sent me of children in which there are orbs, you know, these balls of light around. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're, they're, they're pictures of children, they're photos of children. Um, and it's interesting because, because of their purity, I feel that spirit um, goes around them uh, and for protection as well, but also sort of, you know, because they're more welcoming, they're more, they're more children are more open uh, to sensing. There have been readings in which I'll say, you know, your, your daughter, your son uh, feels your father from spirit. And the person will say, yeah, I know they said that and they never knew him in life. Um, but yet they describe him or what he's wearing and his personality. Um, so it, it's really uh, good to validate that with kids and really taking the fear. Yes. That is so important uh, for young people to really understand. And so that they don't feel like, oh, you know, is there something wrong? Am I a freak or you know, is this uh, an unusual occurrence? Um, so I think just talking to them gently and um, saying, yes, uh, grandpa is in heaven, but he's still connected to you and loves you very much um, right there in your heart. 
And children understand that when you talk about love and the heart. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you for that. So what have you learned? What, what's it like in the spirit world? Like with the colors and that energy and the, what everybody's doing and that sort of thing in your readings? Well, um, in my books, uh, I've, I only write about, and in interviews such as this one, I only talk about what I have personally experienced. I feel that it is exceedingly important to put a respectable and integrous face on mediumship. Mm -hmm. um, and I've always operated in, in high, with high ethics. Um, it is a place that is much like this place, uh, the earth, it's sort of a reflection. Uh, the main difference is uh, it's very fluid. Uh, the colors, as you had uh, mentioned, are exceedingly bright. It is a place um, where healing is available. It is a place where we are with our soul group members. Those are uh, souls who share a uh, similar spiritual consciousness to us. Um, I've been very blessed to have glimpses into the spirit world. Um, I don't ever profess to have all the answers. But from what I have seen, it is also a place where um, we can carry on with the work that we did here. We can carry on with that in the spirit world. There are multiple readings I've done in which not knowing anything about the sitter or about the deceased loved one prior to the reading, and I never ask questions um, about who you know the person wants to connect with or any other specifics about them, uh, I allow spirit to bring that through. I have often seen the individual in spirit carrying on with work that they started here. Uh, for example, one reading comes to mind. Uh, there was a younger male who passed. I believe he was the son of the person who contacted me. And I said, you know, I see your son teaching. And he's surrounded by young people. Like, they look like they're maybe teenagers or so forth. And, and on the other end of the phone, I do a lot of phone and Zoom readings. Uh, I, I kind of perceived her jaw dropping and she said he was a teacher in life and he was a coach um mm. loved that he loved uh working with young people and um so he was continuing that work uh on the other side he had tragically passed from a drug overdose so his life was uh cut short um but he realized that he had the opportunity now to continue on with meaningful uh, spiritual evolution and continuing on with the work that he had started when he was here. Yes. So it is possible. It's not only possible, it's that we really do do that. Um, just about anything you can think of, um, you know, that people do here can be continued in the spirit world. And I know it sounds funny. It might be peculiar, uh, but I truly have seen this. Um, through many, many readings that I've done. Well, also with all the near-death experiences coming out, you know, people being having glimpses while they're actually on the other side and the hall of knowledge and, and all of those sorts of things. So let's, that kind of brings us to the Akashic records. I've never had anybody talk about the Akashic records on the show. So I'd love for you to explain what they are 
And I know I've heard you talk a little bit about Edgar Casey, who I am a huge fan. So I'd like for you to introduce him to our listeners too, and what you glean from from some of his his books and his writings. Yes, uh, Edgar Casey, a famous American psychic, was actually a trance uh, channeler, meaning. Uh, Casey would actually leave his body. Um, he read, did his readings during the 1920s and 1930s um, in Virginia Beach. Um, and there's, I, I finished a very thick book on him, on his life. It was a, uh, a biography. Um, and um, he, he did uh, many, many readings um, dealing with businesses. But I think really uh, his biggest contribution um, were his health readings, mm -hmm. also his Akashic uh, records reading. I also, I call them in my books, um, my whole first section of wisdom from the spirit world is about the Akashic. I call them the files. Um, it's the same thing. They are energetic codes that if you think of a um, giant tape recorder that's always running, um, that's what they are. And, um, you know, we know that, I guess I'm dating myself on this, but on cassette <laughs> tapes, um, and probably on CDs, but the impression that's made on that tape and our thoughts and our actions, our behavior are recorded energetically, um, on in these records and they are attached to the soul, um, forever. So they started at the beginning of time, whenever that was. And you and I sitting here right now doing this interview are adding to our Akashic uh, file. Um, there are personal files and there are universal files. So the personal um, individual file is actually sort of a subset of the universal ones. Um, Casey, uh, when he left his body, and back in those days, they didn't have tape recorders. He had a secretary who transcribed everything that he said. Uh, she worked with him for many, many years. I believe her first name might've been Gladys. Um, I have to get my book out again, but she transcribed all of these. Um, the original transcripts can be found in the library of the ARE, the Association for Research and Enlightenment in Virginia Beach. Um, he would uh, actually travel to the Akashic files and obtain information about that particular soul, um, just having the name and the location of that soul. Uh, never saw them, never saw a photograph, never talked with them. And he would uh, retrieve information uh, based on the vibration of the name. Mm -hmm. And then he would uh, bring back the information. A lot of Casey's um, remedies, um, which some of some of which were quite unusual uh, today. I mean, some of some of it is, you know, I I read some of them like, what the heck was he thinking here? You know, um, but he would uh, importantly. Uh, talk about spiritual remedies too, not just, you know, like tinctures or, uh, you know, certain foods. Uh, he was very holistic in his approach to, um, to healing. 
Uh, but he would also talk about spiritual remedies because according to Casey, and I do uh, believe this, I've seen this through multiple readings too, um, illness and disease and anything that um, is karmic, uh, meaning that it's unbalanced energy within our, our field or in our consciousness is created uh, through some sort of spiritual imbalance. And he would actually say uh, in the reading, this is the lifetime and here's the circumstances that this came from. And um, he would talk about, he would use, some of his uh, language is quite difficult. It's, it's sort of biblical language yes. that uh, readings were written in. Um, so I think that that was probably one of his spirit guides who helped him uh, that may have been from those days, you know, back in the, in the biblical days. Um, but he would deliver this information for purposes of healing. And so that the soul in the current incarnation could begin to address that spiritual imbalance. And um, then the physical being the lowest um, in terms of energy vibration uh, the physical body being the lowest or the densest in terms of, of energy, um, then the healing could occur once the spiritual body, the emotional body, the mental body were uh, coming into alignment. Right. Um, and I don't know the number of readings he did, but he, he really went against what was um, recommended. He burned himself out and um, he was told to only do maybe one or two readings a day. And because of the demand and the letters in those days, it wasn't phone calls, it was letters from people. Um, he felt, I think he felt very um, uh, pressured or he felt an obligation, a spiritual obligation uh, to help as many people as he could. Unfortunately, um, he really burned himself out. Trans channeling is very hard on the physical body. Uh, people who do it are very rare and few and far between. Uh, it certainly takes an exceedingly long time to develop compared to what I do, uh, even though what I do has taken many years uh, to develop too. Uh, but trance really um, is exceedingly demanding and very difficult on the body. So mm -hmm. you have to uh, make sure that you are balanced as an individual. Yeah, I encourage my listeners, if you're interested, Edgar Casey, and he was also ostracized by a lot of the community, but he kept coming back and his healings, they, they will just blow you away the work that the work that he did. And I read the same big book of his biography, and I, I just couldn't put it down. And so many of my people I interview refer to his work, because it's just astounding. So I encourage people to, to check that out. So um, Carol, I don't know, maybe you wanted to continue on that, but maybe within that, can you talk a little bit about the difference between an Akashic record reading? Because I know you do those and your mediumship. Yeah, the Akashic record reading, I usually use the natal astrology birth chart Right. Um, it's another tool. I could do the reading without using that tool, but I feel that it adds a lot of um, a lot more depth 
and detail when I look at the planets because I've studied astrology for many, many years. I continue to study astrology today, uh, daily. Uh, I, I, you know, there, there are certain um, uh, Facebook pages I go on to that are very reputable as far as uh, teachers on there and top astrologers. So it's something that I'm very acquainted with. Um, I use the birth chart as a map. And when I look at that map, because it really is the minute that the soul came into the body of the tiny infant, the planets were in certain signs. They were in certain relationships with one another. Those are called aspects in astrology. Um, when you uh, lay out the chart based on the location, the date and the time, there's a rising sign and there are what are called houses. Just as there are 12 signs in astrology, there are 12 houses, each one um, amounting to a different area of life, of, our, of the human life. So based on that, um, there are certain things that really stand out to me, including trauma. Um, may, the soul may have incarnated um, with traumatic events that have left imprints on the Akashic file um, that subsequently have to be healed or addressed in the current lifetime. You can see that right in the chart. Um, the planets that really indicate that are Uranus and Pluto. And depending upon what is forming aspects or relationships with those and where they're located, um, there's a lot of things that can be um, discerned from that. But I also always use my spirit-given ability. Um, it's interesting because many years ago, when I first started, clear back, uh, you know, in the very early 90s, um, I started seeing um, uh, scenes uh, on people's when I would be doing readings for people and just, you know, the, the usual type of sort of psychic readings like about love life and uh, career and, you know, money and those sorts of things. I would start to see these, these scenes above the person's um, left shoulder and I think, what is that? And so I, I didn't have enough confidence at that time. Um, to really speak about them. And they were scenes from not current day, from other, you know, cultures or uh, time periods. And so finally, I started speaking these to the client. And immediately what happened was the client would uh, proclaim, oh, that's interesting you say that. I've always felt drawn to, you know, France or, uh, you know, I took German when I was, you know, in high school or whatever, or yes, I've always had a, an issue with this particular emotional uh, thing. So it's, it's interesting that that was given to me. It, it just came spontaneously. I never asked for it. It just started happening mm. to me. And that I found that the more that I would verbalize this, I started to see themes that would be um, relevant for that person and how that would repeat in patterns um, in their life. Right. So how do people, let's say if one has an Akashic reading and trauma does come up from a past life, how do they begin healing that when they feel, you know, it's like, it's not even this lifetime and, and what do I do with this? Well, um, you know, there's a number of tools. Um, first is knowledge. 
uh, yes, first, just knowing, bringing the subconscious because the the akashic is in the unconscious. So sometimes I've had clients that talk about dreams that they've had. And they'll say, you know, I was in this other place. I looked down at myself. I was dressed differently. Um, you know, there was a war scenario there uh, going on. Um, you know, these emotions came up. Um, sometimes it will, it will be made known um, in, in a dream uh, that when the subconscious is very active, sometimes people will have deja vu, mm-hmm. which is being at a place and you feel like you've been there before. Um, sometimes people will just get a very quick flash of something. Um, so they, you know, sometimes people can't put their finger on it, but it's something that might be troubling to them. Bringing that into the conscious mind, uh, brings it out of the recesses of that darkness and it can be dealt with in the light. And there are many healing tools, psychotherapy, um, you know, energy therapy, hands-on healing, um, flower essences, um, uh, spiritual readings, uh, past life regression. Um, there are many different avenues. And I always say a combination of things is, is a good way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, quite honestly, uh, because the trauma might have been so deep, we can only deal with so much of it, so many layers of it. You know, some, sometimes there are layers. That would be indicated in a natal chart through a square. Uh, those are planets that are held at 90, uh, 90 degree angles um, from one another. And whenever I see a square in a chart, it usually means deeply held karma. So sometimes we're only able to address one layer of it in however many years we're here. But the important thing is, is to understand that the soul is timeless. The soul does not know anything about linear time. It knows its, it knows its own consciousness. Yes. And so it, the evolution that happens in 10 years, 80 years, 100 years, is still valuable and relevant to the soul. So we do what we can um, in a lifetime. And I've, I've, I've read for so many courageous and just amazing and astonishing individuals that have had so much trauma uh, that they've brought in that is repeated sometimes even in the current lifetime. Um, I did a reading for a lady, just to give a quick example, uh, a couple of days ago, her mother was murdered by her father when she was three years old. The father and, and the father commits suicide. I mean, it's just unimaginable some trauma that people go through. Um, so I didn't look at her chart. This was a, a, a mediumship reading. Uh, mediumship, and I know you had asked this before, is more of evidentiary uh, communication from um, living, breathing souls, alive souls in the spirit world that impress their thoughts on mine as a mental medium. And I give that evidence and those messages to the sitter. Wow. Your work is just, it's just amazing. Um, can we, would you talk a little bit about um, soul agreements and soul groups? 
Yes, uh, soul agreements. And again, I've written uh, extensively about these in wisdom from the spirit world. Uh, soul agreements are uh, agreements made between two souls or more or more um, for purposes of balancing uh, karma or um, it doesn't have to be negative. It could be that the souls are coming together um, for a greater purpose than they could do alone. Mm-hmm. For example, sense. Uh, people who souls who have agreed to work on some sort of contribution to humanity um, who meet, you know, one could be in Africa and one could be in, in the United States or, you know, somewhere else. The magnetism of souls is very real. Um, remember, it's uh, the soul is operating in unlimited uh, potential. And so it doesn't know anything about distance or time or geography or any of that. So the agreement is for some sort of spiritual evolution. And it could be also, uh, there's usually a lot of karma uh, between soul groups who happen to come in and play the roles of family members, perhaps a spouse, perhaps a friend, an employer, um, just about any relationship you could think of. Uh, those can all be soul agreements. It's always a two-way street. So there are no victims. Um, there's always an agreement uh, between those two souls on that unconscious level. Mm-hmm. And a, a soul group are um, groups of souls, a collection of souls who share a similar spiritual consciousness. And they're together yeah, eternity. Um, they can be. It uh-huh. really depends on the um, individual soul's uh, growth. A very uh, good book and a, a gentleman who did a lot of work on uh, that sort of thing is Michael Newton, PhD, yes. Journey of Souls, um, a classic book. Uh, that book changed my life. I read it many, many years ago. I believe that it's legitimate. There, there are some people I, you know, I will not recommend because I don't think they're, they're legitimate. Now, Newton was not a medium, but he started out as a hypnotherapist. So, um, and he started finding that he wasn't just doing, you know, like helping people to stop smoking or lose weight or whatever. Some people were going in between lifetimes. Yes. And he would get information from them. And there are diagrams in his books about soul groups and so forth. Um, Soul groups can actually collaborate. Um, They can uh, learn from one another. Um, Generally, they spend a lot of lifetimes together and also in between lifetimes as well. Interesting. So we have so much to talk about. Um, Carol, can you, I'd like to talk a little bit about free will versus, versus destiny. I've, um, I mean, do, do you, have you learned from the spirit world in your work that randomness is not, not a thing? And that, for example, if a young one passes or if, you know, something like that, um, can you just, talk a little bit about the difference between those two. Yeah. Well, as in the case of children, or I should say the soul passing when it is very young, 
Um, there are multiple reasons for that. In my second book, I'm still with you, True Stories of Healing Grief uh, Through Spirit Communication. I write about infants passing and um, uh, I've actually done readings for many people who have lost children, all different ages. It really depends on what that soul signed up for. Um, sometimes in the case of a child who say, for example, suffers from a uh, cancer, um, sometimes there is, there had been an agreement for that soul to really learn about, um, uh, you know, to, to learn about uh, patients and uh, contribution to medical science, believe it or not, um, by going through the disease. Um, there could be lessons for the parents in there. Um, there could be, um, you know, uh, a short time here, a brief time uh, spent here, but there's an accelerated pathway for that soul. So, you know, there have been many, for example, um, I'm always impressed with um, mentally challenged uh, uh, children, or, you know, autistic children and so forth. They're actually very advanced souls. Yes. People look and they go, oh, I feel so bad for them, or I feel so sorry for them or whatever. No, they're very much an advanced soul. It's like they have this internal knowing of what they're here to do. And they actually come, a lot of them, as teachers for the rest of us. Um, so, and I'm sorry, I, I got digressed on the, on the children. You asked the difference between... Well, you're kind of answering that when something like that happens, it's not... Mm -hmm. just random it's there's a reason for it and it's something that had been planned beforehand so there is free will uh, because there's always choice however again going back to the birth chart and and the akashic files there are certain um lessons or outlines and I, in my books i call them blueprints yes not contracts but blueprints why why would i you know why have i seen them as more um less less rigid and more of something that's a bit more open-ended and it's because there is free will and how we choose to meet that so say for example you know, I signed up before I came into physical form. Um, you know, I really need to learn a lot this time about compassion. So um, perhaps I, I want to do that. I have the choice to do that through working with abused or abandoned children. Maybe I choose to do it from rescuing uh, animals. Uh, maybe I want to work with the elderly. Um, maybe I was born into a family in which I suffered a lot of abuse and I have to learn self-compassion and I have to, in some way, walk through the lesson of forgiveness and compassion uh, with people who were, you know, mentally ill. That's why they abused me. So what I'm saying is the blueprint allows for um, uh, choice in that um, there's the lesson but it's up to us. And Casey, by the way, referring to Casey, he called it grace. Grace means that we're kind of given a reprieve. So say, for example, um, 
I don't know, I was horrendous person in, in past life. You know, maybe I murdered people or I was a tyrant or whatever. I could choose um, in the current lifetime to either experience that where that's turned on me, or I could choose to dedicate my life to helping people um, and giving a lot of service. And that's what Casey called as grace. So we don't necessarily have to have the tables turned on us if we did something negative. Um, we can choose to balance that karma through service, uh, through contribution, through giving. Interesting. So there that are makes that makes sense then. So the lesson is there, but we do have some grace on how we're going to learn that lesson. Yes. Yes. Interesting. So, um, you know, I think of shamanism when you speak of when you when we're speaking of healing, and if you if you learn through an akashic reading that you know you've had past lives that were very a lot of trauma and have you worked with shamanism at all and soul retrievals and those sorts of things could you speak to that actually yes many years ago um i actually um there is an excellent book and this woman is one of the few authorities on the topic and that's sandra ingerman yes i know her so the book is called soul retrieval i read her book many years ago um, and I actually um, was have been present at a couple of soul retrievals locally. Um, it was very powerful in the, the soul parts from an individual who had been very abused as a child. Um, and usually part of the soul will split off. It's actually a healthy thing because it's too painful here mm. for the soul so some of it actually will go back into spirit from my understanding of studying soul retrieval um and so it's 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 another modality of healing and um i think the field has become a bit diluted just like with mediumship um i think people might take a weekend course and think that they're a shaman but right. there's a lot of integrity that has to be present because you're dealing with a person's life force. I mean, you're dealing with their very life force when you're doing that sort of thing. Right. Um, but I have a lot of respect for um, those cultures and the wisdom that I think a lot of it has been lost today um, and natural remedies and natural healing. Um, but yes, absolutely. It is a valid form of healing. Yeah. Do you, um, we need to wrap it up, but are you receiving from spirit that a transformation is happening and that we're on the cusp of, of, of something happening in terms of a spiritual awakening with the world? Definitely. Um, in January of 2020, uh, two powerful planets, Pluto and Saturn, uh, conjoined, meaning they were in con what's called conjunction. They were right next to one another. Shortly thereafter, the uh, virus came out. Um, so the opportunity, and here, here we go again with free will. Uh, you know, we could use that any way that we want to. Uh, again, you know, the, the energies, planets are 
actual physical bodies we can look through a telescope and see, but they're also energies within the human being. So uh, Pluto being highly transformational, um, it is still very active now. Those big outer planets are generational and they don't just go away overnight. So it set the stage for very impactful changes that we're still seeing today. Yes. And it is up to humanity to save itself. It is up to humanity to use the energies in alignment with natural laws, the only valid laws in the universe, um, spirits laws, which will always supersede uh, man-made laws. Uh, The closer you align yourself with natural law, the less karma that you will create. So that is the correct use of one's um, energy or power. Pluto also is indicative of power, universal power. That's why that's why they named an element after plutonium. It's it's yes. raw, forceful power. So yes, we are in transformation. Um, I, I I see reason to be hopeful. Uh, it's very difficult at times to remain hopeful in the midst of so much devastation. Um, Those of us who are highly sensitive, Mm -hmm. myself, uh, um, sometimes I just have to turn it off. Yes. Um, But, um, you know, the light will never be extinguished by the dark because the light is spirit. The light is eternal and infinite and, in this day, um, inextinguishable uh, through any means. Well, thank you, Carol, so much. And I encourage my listeners to run out and get Carol's book, um, Wisdom from the Spirit World. It's a beautiful book. And also check out her other, her other writings. And um, would you like to say anything that that I didn't ask you today, any words of wisdom or anything to conclude? Um, Just for people to understand that all of us, what all of us have in common is right here, right now. And we don't have the past, we don't have the future. And that is the great equalizer, the present moment. Um, I'm a strong proponent of mindfulness and being here now in the moment. That's all we have available. And to always focus on that through the power of your breath, um, you have that anchor, you have the light within you. And nothing can extinguish that. Nothing. And so that is always present. It is always at your disposal. Thank you. Thank you for that. And Carol, if people want to find you, how would they, how would they do that? My website is soulvisions.net. That's plural, soulvisions.net. And I also have a a professional Facebook page. That's facebook.com backslash soul medium, S-O-U-L plus the word medium. Beautiful. Well, thank you. Thank you for so much wonderful information today. I so appreciate it. And um, it's been a pleasure. It has. It has. So have a great rest of the day and, and we'll be in touch. 
Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com and on Facebook or Instagram at interviewswithinnocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you. Thank you.